0: Uh, turn to Psalms chapter eleven, please. Pastor Joel, now if you can give me just a, a little more light, please. It's a little, thank you. Larry probably has to get a couple pair of glasses on tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna have fun with that. <laughs> but light does help, doesn't it? Uh, it really does make a big difference. You don't, you don't you watch kids reading a book in half dark, and you're thinking, "How can you see that?" But light is good. The man, Job made this statement, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. This is a man that had prayed diligently, as we see in the scriptures, for his children offered sacrifices for them to the Lord. If by chance, maybe they had done some evil or even thought some evil, but he he was very concerned about the future of his children. And so he was very diligent diligent, just a... I don't know how you how describe him. He's just an incredibly disciplined man about his relationship with God and uh, certainly none like him in, in his day. They say that the, the oldest book of the Bible is the book of Job. <coughs> Excuse me. That which I greatly feared has come upon me and certainly in, in some respects, many people have had things that when it came upon them, it was it was the thing that they would have greatly feared in some sense. Um, There's obviously several people, maybe even in the room tonight, and I know some are in the room tonight that lost a spouse. And it's just um, a devastating event. I've never experienced that. Folks in the room tonight have, have lost a child. Devastating event maybe perhaps just unfaithfulness of a spouse that just was something that you were blindsided by and uh, a painful event in your life. Children have wrecked their lives and you, you raised them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and you, you, you did everything that you could do to make sure that child was on the right track, but yet the child isn't on the right track and that which you greatly feared is, in some sense come upon you and that you see a child is not following after the Lord. and. You hate what Satan does in those situations in the devastations that can come. cancer perhaps has come into your to life and something that you may have always perhaps have been in fear of aging parents bringing unexpected challenges perhaps into your life it 's always something that you you know is coming, but it is, it is difficult um, Uh, Brother Larry's mother's been in a nursing home now for, what is it, a couple years, Brother Larry? It's been a while, and uh, just, you know, it's a a, a hard thing, a challenging thing. Um, Things come into our life that change. Maybe it's an accident, financial challenges that seemingly are insurmountable. Truly, you're getting older, and you you begin to struggle a bit in your life as you're getting older, and, and the things that... You thought were automatics in your life now you're realizing this is more difficult than I expected. I'm going to be working longer than maybe what I thought I would be. <coughs> and so you begin to, excuse me, maybe old, as you're getting older you're looking at things that are now what you thought were not going to be as, as difficult as they are. Maybe your path is dim or pitch black. You're looking for an answer, and you cannot find it. You see no way out of the situation, and your future is now looking uncertain. Psalms chapter 11. Honestly, I have spoken from this chapter before, but what attracted to me, I was looking it over just in reading. And I think I had the wrong flavor in some sense, not the wrong words. Maybe not even not not a wrong direction by any means, but I was reading it and it just I was so taken by. It was not the attitude you might say of the of the psalm that I've always read this in that that came to me and I I looked at it and I was like wow that's that's not how I saw it in the past but I believe it's what is being said here. I don't think I'm going to be lengthy at 6:28. We're not going to get out at six thirty, but we'll uh, we'll get out maybe maybe a bit early tonight. I wouldn't bet on it though. We're Christians. Verse one: In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try, the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. I think that's the soul of the Lord he's talking about, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and horrible tempest. We've been studying in Sunday morning Sunday school, fire and brimstone that fell onto Sodom and Gomorrah. And horrible tempest, this shall be the portion of their cup for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Father, please bless the message to Thy glory and honor. I pray that we would understand it and father would bring encouragement to our lives each and every one in Jesus name. Amen. The statement on the front end of this I believe is by David. In the Lord put I my trust. And then he's speaking not he's speaking to his advisors or somebody that is giving him Advice, counsel. Um, he's perhaps they think this is a situation maybe where Absalom is poised to take over the kingdom, but so he's in he's in a he's in a bad spot, and so there's an advisor that appears to be in this in this mix. It says, "In the Lord put I my trust." I believe that's David speaking. That the next phrase is, "How say ye to my soul?" Flee as a bird to your mountain. Phrase number one, in the Lord I put my trust. And then he says, how say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? I think what he's saying, R.J., is this. My trust is in the Lord. You're putting all these doubts. You should, you should, you should flee. You should run. You've got all these problems. Everything's. Everything's going to come, come sinking down on you. And he says, why say ye, or how say ye to my soul, flee as a bird? I think David is saying this, my trust in the Lord, why would you say such a thing to me? How dare you speak to me? My trust in God, and you tell me to flee as a bird, as if, as if I have no God? My trust is in the Lord. And then and you say to me, flee as a bird, And so when I see that first phrase, I I think the power of the phrase is David is making a statement and then he's challenging them. Why would you ever say such a thing to me? Why would I flee as a a bird? Why would I run? My trust is in God. I'm not going to flee like a bird. Why would you even think of such a thing that I'm going to flee from trouble when, when God is my strength, God is my help? So I think that the very... What I see here is not a pity Dave is saying this is where I stand and why would you ever say such a thing to me that I would flee I have God right why would I flee I have God oh I tell you what it just let my soul here I just I was looking at the message as a as, a, as for you know somebody in, that's in in uh, mourning or trouble and 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 Certainly this is true, but I also want us to see we, don't, we, we, we can confidently say my faith is in God. We can confidently say that. We don't have to flee as a bird. First, verse 2, for lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready the arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So again, I think we got a question here. What shall they do? I think David says back, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord's in his holy. David said, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? I think he's got the same attitude here. What do you mean, what would we do? The Lord's in heaven. He's in his holy temple. He sees it all. He knows it all. Why? Why would if the foundations were forward, what would they do? The Lord's in the temple. We don't have to concern ourselves with such things of this earth. Why? Because God is on the throne, He's in power. He's not missing anything here. It says his eyelids try. You think he doesn't see? You think he doesn't know? Are you fearful of what, what is going to happen in this world? And I see David here as it seems his advisors are saying, David, you better, you better run for your life because this is a bad place. Absalom has got the forces behind him. He's got all the, the people following him. We're running out of the country. And he said, no, no, no. My trust is in the Lord. Don't forever forget where my trust is. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try, the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone and horrible tempests. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance behold the upright. Folks, when you think these, that there's tragedies in your life, there's insurmountable things. And, I, and I'm not talking the, the everyday problems of life those, we're we're just going to have those things. I'm talking about something that just is sucking the life out of you, something that is a a tragic situation. David is on the verge of losing the kingdom. His son is seeking to kill him. He's got all kinds of things. This is, this is a deep, dark valley. And David just says, I'll tell you where my trust is. It's in God. It's in the Lord. And that's where I'm going to keep my confidence. If you shoot over to, um, Uh, let's see here. Hebrews chapter 10. While you're looking for it there, I'm going to continue speaking to you. Mountains may look impossible, many will flee. But David says, no way. God hates the wicked and those that love violence. Their cup, remember Jesus Christ said, let this cup pass from me. It says the cup pass from me. It's a bitter cup of Christ. Verse seven was a key verse for us here. But he loves the righteous and we're safely in his eye. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, loves righteousness. I love that phrase in that verse, uh, verse seven. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness; His countenance doth behold the upright, the wicked, and all these things that are going to happen to them. Christians, can you, you understand today that that what's coming your way is a righteous person? God is going to hold up, He's going to uplift, He's going to He's going to take care of, and you don't have to you you don't have to be afraid in your life. There's so many things that are going to come your way in life that are problems and things that are going to happen. But those things are going to be strengthened. Why? God loves righteousness. When we look at uh, how God responded in, in, in the book of Genesis, as we see how God responds to Sodom and Gomorrah, why is, why is the fire and brimstone and total destruction of, of this city Sodom, i'm sorry tuesday sodom and gomorrah why because of the unrighteousness the sin the wickedness that's going on why is god protecting even lot because of the righteousness of adam i'm adam abraham and so he is benefiting from the righteousness of abraham his uncle and god is protecting him for the righteousness of abraham and so we see our lives when you're looking at your life you don't, you know we're going to have problems we're going to have things happen you know what? God is looking to bless and care for and take care of the righteous. We are in the righteousness of Christ. You say, Well, Pastor, I'm not perfect. Well, if, if, if you think you are perfect, you've probably got a problem with dementia, you've got a short memory. <laughs> There's none righteous, no, not one. But we as believers, what are we under? The blood of Christ, and He cleanses us from all sin doesn't mean we're perfected yet, but it does mean that we're in the righteousness of Christ and we should be striving to lead righteous lives. But the Lord God loves righteousness. He's gonna protect and take care of those. And David says he loves the righteous. The wicked is what he's gonna destroy. And so we see how David is so confident. We come to the book of Hebrews and I find, we looked at this recently in, in Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 32, 1032 of Hebrews. Say, Pastor, what's your goal tonight? There's going to be problems in your life. Just count on it. But don't, you don't have to run and flee. You have to just trust. Those are the things that you've got to do. I, just in times past, with no, with no hope in sight literally and just realizing that the only option available was not a bad option and that was just trust God through it. Just trust God through it. Things are going to come into your life that are going to be, again I'm not talking about the status quo stuff of life that, that, that somewhat we, we can handle. You should be trusting God through it all but I'm talking about something serious that comes into your life that is just upheaval, as this was upheaval, so much so that they're saying, just run. Your life is in jeopardy, just run. And But when you see these upheaval things coming, you're going to have to come to God at some point and say, you're God, you're in heaven, you see it, you know what's going on, you know the turmoil in my life, you know the destruction that may be in my life, You know. you know the the disease that 's in my life, you know what it is, and i 'm going to bring it to you I put David says, I put my trust in the Lord, why he loves the righteous, and so you come to the Lord and you leave it at his feet, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you and so when I see this dynamic trouble that David in David is in, I see a confidence in David that I still am in in our vernacular for us, I am in Christ. I have a heavenly father that's watching over me and that cares for me and that is going to help me in these deep disasters, these deep problems of life. See, well, pastor, what if I can't see it? That's going to come your way. You can't figure out what's going to happen, what you're going to do. What what shall I do? When you can't see it, you have to just give it to God. And you say, Pastor, that's, that's pretty flippant. No, it's not. You just have to trust God with it. You give it to the Lord. Here's what happens. I mentioned this to you before, but I'll say it again. You may come into life and have something tragic that comes in your life or something that's just heart-wrenching for you. Maybe it's just a heartbreak. Not, not just, but a heartbreak in your life. And the, the verse Romans eight twenty eight. 28... For we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his, uh, what's the word there, according to his, pardon me? His purpose, right. So we've got uh, all this we are saying that, you know, I'm I'm going to turn it over to God, thinking that all things are going to work together for good, but sometimes you're going to see something you're going to say, I don't see any possible good coming out of this. Amen? You ever have a situation like that? You're looking at it saying, Lord, I, I don't see any possibilities. How, how can this be good? Okay, your next step is this. You're still not going to run like a bird. You can't figure any way out of it. You have no path, but you know God knows, you know God sees, and you know that, that you're in Christ and that he is going to take care of you but you can't see any possible way. 8.28. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now here's, here's you see, well, Pastor, you just said the verse. You can't see it, but the promise is there. Understand? So when I think of, the hall of faith that we've been studying on Wednesday nights. What are these, what are these men doing that is so different? They're, they're not seeing the possibilities, right? All they see is the impossible. Abraham and Sarah, there, there's no possible way we're gonna have a child. He's 100, she's 90. It's over. We're not having a child. Your, your your seed is going to be as the sand of the sea. God, we don't have a child and we're hundred. How are we going to produce the sand of the sea? Is the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky in number, the promise. But Abraham believed God. And it was counted him for righteousness. So what happened? Abraham said, I cannot see it, but he believed God. Okay, that's really the first recorded. Exchange of righteousness righteousness for faith or faith for righteousness. What is it? He believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. His faith was counted for righteousness. Now you're in a position in your life and you can't find any way out. It's beyond despair. And Romans 8 28 is like a bad joke. There's no way this can be good, God. There's no way. There, there's there's no possible avenue for good. But I look at Romans eight twenty-eight and I see the promise. You with me? The promise is there. To me, it's impossible. How does this possibly work for good? God, there's no possible option for this being good. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go to God and say, I, I'm going to smack the microphone. I go to God and say this. I can't see any possible outcome, but you said that all things work together for good. So if you see it, then I will trust you with it. It's not that, I'll, not that I can see it. Folks, when you say walk by faith, not by sight, that's what we're talking about. You've got something in your life there's no possible good outcome. And there's nobody can help you. You've already, you already know that. It's just, it's just a dead end. There's no out. And so when you see the no out and you say what? God, I don't see it. But you said in your word all things work together for good. What to them that love God and them that are called according to his purpose? So I take the promise, as did Abraham, and did all, all those in the hall of faith. What did they do? They couldn't see it, but they believed the promise. So we believe the promise. We're in trouble. We can't see our way out. Things are above and beyond what we could ask or think, and we, we have no outs. And so what do we do? We come to God and say, God, I can't see it, but you said all things were together for good. So what do I do? I put my faith in the promise of God. And that's where I rest is in that promise, not in what I can see. What do we walk by? Faith, not by sight. Sight without what faith it's impossible to please him and so this is sometimes you may find yourself in a situation in life where you are fully as a bird you say no 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 no." david says why would you even say that to me my trust is in god i'm staying with it i'm trusting god with it so understand that when when you're in that position and i hope you don't find yourself in that position in life but we say life is short, but it, there's, there's some years to it. And I just want to admonish you tonight, church, when you're in that position where something comes in that is just an impossibility that you can figure out no good in sight, trust God with it. Give it to God. And just trust the promise, even though you can't see it. I will tell you, the pro- God is a timeless God. And so when when you're looking at expectation for the promise to be overnight, you're not going to find that that will happen. It probably won't be next week. But there will come the time that you'll turn around and you'll look backwards in time in your own life, and time that has passed, and you will then say, now I see it. God, I, I couldn't see it for a long time, but now I see it. Is it, is it gonna be painful going through those years? It may be. It might be. But, but when I see David, what is he saying? He is saying with confidence, I'm trusting God. I don't care what the circumstances look like. You're telling me that my best option is to flee. And David says, I'm not doing that. I trust in God. I'm sticking with God who my faith is in. And Christians, that's really the Christian life is when, you know, as long as we can solve our own problems, I just face it, you know, it's God that gives us strength to go to work every day and protects us and does, does all these things, feeds us and gives us air, and he's, he's ever-present to make our days, and, you know. Um, but as long as we have those things in control, right, we feel like those things are, you know, I feel good enough to get up and go to work, right? But, you know, when things get out of control, that's when we need to move to a different level of saying, okay, I'm not going to quit on God. I'm not fleeing from God. I'm not leaving church. I'm not leaving behind my faith. I'm just going to say, if God says that all things work together for good in my life as a believer, as somebody that's been washed in the blood of Christ, sometimes we're going to face things in life that are just things that we're going to be chastised for. Guess what? If you think the Lord is chastising, praise the Lord, you're saved. Whom he loveth, he chasteneth. If, if you never and you've never feel any chastisement, guess what? God says you're none of his. Because whom he loveth, he chastiseth. So even when trouble, you think maybe the Lord's, you know, I got some things going on and God's chastising me. Even in that, you can take joy saying, boy, it's sure good to know I've got a loving father that's drawing me back to himself. The last thing in the world you want in your life is to be running away from God and there's no drawback. And God has turned you over to a reprobate mind, as we see in Romans chapter 1. Why? You've gone so far away that God has turned you over. And he says, the reprobate mind, what does that mean? He's not going to draw you back. You're saved. You're not going to lose your salvation, but God's not going to bring you back. Now, you get into some areas, as we see in the scriptures, of, of the debauchery that's going on in our world today and the type of sexuality The outcome of Sodom and Gomorrah is the outcome. There will be a price to be paid. Our world that thinks this sin that's going on in our nation and probably around the world in some sense is is just going to be overlooked by God, it it will not. These are are things that should never be happening in our country or any other country. Thank God in most African countries this stuff is still against the law. And so praise the Lord for those that are standing and, and governments that recognize that almighty god is in control and so they do they do some of these things that I, I wish the united states would would follow i want to encourage your faith tonight because trouble's going to come all of our way it's just it's just life don't give up don't quit stay strong No, and and then when when you you just can't see past it say okay god i'm going to trust you with it i'm going to trust you i'm giving it to you and you do as you and i will see it and if i don't see it if i never see it 11:13 in hebrews it says these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth they didn't see it they didn't receive the promises but they died in faith knowing that god would keep his word david i look at the passage and i find david not a man that's thinking about fleeing he's a man that's saying why would you even why would you even consider that i would flee from trouble david was a man of god what a great david has some some really sorry examples that he had in his life for us but he's got some great ones as well I was looking at this passage, and I've always seen it as a passage of comfort, and i I, I think it is a passage of comfort, but I saw the tone of David was much more i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not I'm not running from god i'm not I'm not leaving God. my trust is in him. boy, I challenge you tonight there's some there's some things going on in in lives that are just things that are that are cumbersome for some folks in the congregation, and there there's some heartache for you. There there's some problems that you've got that just you need answers to. And Can I tell you something? Just trust God with it. Don't 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 fail. Don't flee. Don't think. Oh man, I'm just boy. I went to church and nothing good came out of it. You know, I I got I, you know I went I, I came to church because I had problems. Guess what? I still got some problems in my life. Amen. Well, that's it. I'm done this God thing doesn't work for me. No, 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 hang in there, hang in there with God. Your faith has found a resting place, right? Keep it there with the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been in a situation, I was a Sunday school teacher and um, as I am now, but back, back many years ago and just to see some of the folks in my class and some dear friends that had had just very difficult things happen to them um one of the blessings of life is having walked a path that you can explain, as I explained to you tonight, don't you don't you don't have to give up. You have to that is the moment of faith. That's your opportunity for God to see in you, are you that person of faith, or are you gonna flee? Or are you gonna run from problems you're gonna run from trouble in your life and just give up on God let's not be those people let's be people of Romans 8 28 sometimes you're gonna look at it and just shake your head like Lord there's just no way out of it there is no good possible trust him anyway you can't see it but let God do with it in your life what he is trying to accomplish everything that's happening in your life god is not out of touch of he sees it his eyes try he sees it as we read in, in psalms 11 these things are not things that he doesn't see he's in tune he sees it he's there he'll bring you the solution but you're gonna have to trust him in faith david says why would why would i even consider why would i even consider the advice you're giving me i trust in god heavenly father for the great faith of the men of the Bible, from Abraham and then just following through our history, Father, to even, we see the great faith of men, even of this age, great men of faith here in this church, God, that have just trusted you through problems, through trials, through heartaches, through disease, through suffering. I see our precious Helen and Donovan here tonight, God with great faith that we can all follow. Many trials and troubles in life, and they continue, but yet stand strong, still believing in Romans 8, 28. And Father, when we see you face to face, if we never saw the answer, what a delight it will be to be found faithful, having not received the promise and to please our Lord with our steadfastness and faithfulness through our lives. Let's all stand together.